here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. Break it down. It's the king. Oh, you didn't know? Stand back. I'm a nice man. I'm a seat Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat me. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music of the Mat, a podcast devoted exclusively to the music of professional wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm the rated bar superstar, Andrew Rich. Joining me, as always, on this muscular mystery tour is my friend and partner, Captain Chorisma, Chris Maffei. Together, we are your hosts, A and C. Chris, how are you, my friend? Excellent. I am reeking of awesomeness tonight. You know, on this day, I see clearly, and I'm ready to get into what is my favorite tag team and their theme histories. Just make sure you don't close your ears or your eyes if you happen to be driving. We don't want to cause any car accidents. We've nope. already caused Rich Crate to almost get into a car accident once. I think twice, maybe. Twice? Perhaps. Oh, wow. Not sure. Once it's our fault, twice, then it's just, then you're just being negligent. It's crash your car once, shame on us. Crash your car twice, shame on you. I think that's how it goes. I think that is. Anyway, uh, that's why, Chris, today we are doing our first ever tag team theme history, which means we are doing both the singles themes and the tag team themes of a certain duo of wrestlers. The first of these men is one of the most decorated wrestlers in WWE history. He spent 13 years as an active competitor in WWE, and in that time, he has accomplished the following. Four-time WWE Champion, 11-time World Heavyweight Champion, 5-time Intercontinental Champion, 12-time World Tag Team Champion, 2-time WWE Tag Team Champion, a Hardcore Champion, and a WCW United States Champion, as well as being the King of the Ring winner, a Royal Rumble winner, the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match winner, the Triple Crown, the Grand Slam, two Slammies, and the WWE Hall of Fame. There were also his tremendous feuds with John Cena, The Undertaker, and Eddie Guerrero. He was also a Vampire's Acolyte, a California Doofus, and a spokesman for Japanese Shampoo. (laughs) Of course, all of that pales in comparison to the absolute climax of his career a live sex celebration on Monday Night Raw. Hailing from the screaming loners on subway train section of Toronto, Canada, it's Edge and his tag team partner, a man who also boasts quite the resume, two-time World Heavyweight Champion, two-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion, two-time ECW World Heavyweight Champion, four-time Intercontinental Champion, nine-time World Tag Team Champion, a Hardcore Champion, 
a light heavyweight champion, a European champion, the Triple Crown, the Grand Slam, and one hell of a model un-American. He was also in heated rivalries with Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, and Samoa Joe. But of course, he was also a vampire's acolyte, also a California doofus, and also a spokesman for ass cream. Now with 25% more ass. Of course, all of that pales in comparison to the fact that he introduced to the wrestling world one of the brightest stars that this industry has ever seen. Former IWGP Tag Team Champion, yes, you heard that right, Tyson Tomko. Tomko, give me a beat. No. Hailing from the creepy little bastard section of Toronto, Canada, it's Christian! It's Christian! Edge and Christian. Such a great team. Such an iconic team, both as singles wrestlers and as a tag team. I'm a huge fan of them, and you're a huge fan of them as well. Such a big part of growing up as a wrestling fan, I think, you know? I would say that they're probably sentimentally my favorite tag team. You know, growing up, I love the shit out of both of them. They were just so entertaining. You know, in the ring is one thing. I'm not sure that I have that great attachment to many Edge and Christian matches outside of the big ones that everyone mentions. When I think of them as a team, I think of the moments. Yes, I said it. Oh, jeez. The moments. I'm sorry. I just, I think of all that stuff. I think of the wacky five-second poses. I think of a hunka hunka Edge and Christian. (laughs) I think of all the great stuff they did with Foley. You know, I think of Christian trying to lose weight so he can compete for the light heavyweight title. (laughs) You know, wearing the chicken suit. Just so many great memories. The oversized cowboy hats. The kazoos. Hey, Edge, check it out. Kazoos and streamers. Ha <laughs> ha Streamers rule. Long live the stream. Yeah, long live the zoo. <laughs> you think you know me. You think you know me. Like you said, so many great moments. And really, if you think about it, you know, such a, a versatile group of guys you have here. You know, they can they played so many different roles. They weren't pigeonholed into one type of thing. Yes, they were the, the beach blonde, you know, California idiots in the 2000s, their heyday, you know. But, I mean, they went from, you know... Uh, vampire acolytes, uh, they, can, they can be goofy, they can be funny, they can be serious, they can be aggressive, they can be, you know, uh, insane at times. You know, it's just so many different roles they played over the years, and I think they've, they've done it all so well. And, you know, I remember back in the day, you know, starting out as a wrestling fan, I only knew Edge from the video games, because when I started watching wrestling, he was injured. He still had his neck injury, he was still about the broken neck. He didn't come back until after WrestleMania 20. But when he came back, I, I fell in love with him, you know, with his matches, with his persona, with his entrance themes, as, as we'll talk about, you know, later on. And the same with Christian, you know, Christian is a guy who, you know, as a kid, you hate him because he's a heel. But as you grow old, you appreciate him. You appreciate what he brings to the table. You appreciate that he's around, even. You appreciate that Christian and Edge are around. <laughs> Thanks for showing up, Christian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it takes until they're gone to really appreciate them fully. Yeah. It's weird because I know Christian retired... Uh, a few years ago, but today we're recording this on April the 12th. Yesterday was April the 11th, 2017. April 11th is the 60-year anniversary of Edge announcing his retirement, strangely enough. To this day, it's still weird that Edge and Christian are gone. Yeah. They're not rest- not gone. They're still around. And they, you know, the Edge and Christian show and all that stuff, they still appear from time to time, but they're not wrestling anymore. It's still a weird thing to think about, considering how many great you know matches I've seen of them, how many, you know, you, you think they'll be around forever. But unfortunately, time and, and pain and, and your body just catches up with you. Yeah, it's it's so weird, man. I grew up with them. Me getting into wrestling really hardcore coincided with Edge and Christian debuting. 
for some strange reason, the pay-per-view that I rented the most from Blockbuster as a kid was Breakdown in Your House, 1998. Hmm. That had an Edge versus Owen Hart match on it, and it was Christian's debut. That's the match where he came out of the crowd, yeah. and uh, you know the announcer, oh, who, who is this? Oh, looks like Edge! <laughs> There's two Edges! Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Was it was it was it Kira Tozawa on commentary? What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what came over me there, <laughs> but yeah, that that match I must have watched at least twenty to thirty times throughout the course of my adolescence, just because I rented that pay per view. I don't know why I rented it so much. Of all, I think the, I- of all the pay per views to rent over and over again, breakdown in your house. Not at the top of the list, you, one would expect, you know? I think it was the cover of the VHS that did it. Because it had this road sign, it said Breakdown, then it had a picture of The Undertaker, then a picture of Austin, then a picture of Kane, like Batman Returns style. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll never forget that pay-per-view, and I'll always remember, hey, that's the debut of Christian. And it's probably the debut that I've watched the most over the years. So, really sentimentally hits me right in the feels as the young kids as those young whippersnappers like to say we can wax poetic about edge and christian till the cows come home but uh let's get into some themes chris are you ready to talk about edge and christian themes i know you are (laughs) (laughs) all right we're gonna go in uh we're gonna go in chronological order here sort of weave a narrative throughout the careers of edge and christian starting with uh, Edge's debut theme, which would also become Christian's theme when he would team up in, as a tag team. This is from WWF The Music, Volume 3. This is You Think You Know Me. So, right off the bat here, the phrase that sort of defines Edge's theme history, you think you know me. I mean, it's been all throughout his themes, you know, whether it's a Jim Johnston original, whether it's a, a Rob Zombie or Alter Bridge, you think you know me is the phrase that sort of encapsulates Edge and all of his themes, which I think is pretty cool how this sort of recurring motif sort of reappears over and over again, no matter the theme. That's going to be the one thing that ties everything together and puts the edge stamp on all of the songs that we're going to be going through today. First of all, the You Think You Know Me and all of the vocal samples throughout this song were taken from Edge's debut vignettes, which I'm not sure if people have seen. Have you seen those, Andrew? Uh, I've seen a couple of them, not all of them, but uh, they're very very much akin to Edge's Titantron. Yeah. You know, he's, he's looking in alleys, he's walking on subway trains, he's, he's looking all forlorn and screaming a little bit. You know, it's very, very much sort of gets across the point of him being the loner Edge, which is his debut gimmick. Yeah, very strange, very dark. He's just standing there, then all of a sudden he screams and starts running. Yeah. It must have been frightening to watch <laughs> these things being filmed. I, I mean, I don't know, but the female narration over the vignettes, which... Jim Johnston took some samples from mm-hmm. one of them in particular and put them throughout the song, You Think You Know Me. You think you know me, but you will never know me. You don't know yourself. You are lost and scared. You know what I allow you to know. Just a puppet, 
who thinks he's alive. You're just a puppet. A stroke of brilliance. Again, we've we've applauded Jim Johnston many times for his brilliance in creating a signature sound for a wrestler that as soon as you hear it, you know who's coming through that curtain. Yes. Continuity-wise, just to go and take it from his debut vignettes and put it in the theme. Like, I love that. There's just something there that works for me. And I wish that would have been explored more had they actually really known what the Edge character was instead of just having a rough concept and then just kind of putting it out there. I think a lot of that does get tied up when he joins the brood. But overall, in terms of this song, this is the one that feels like home to me personally. Because this is the one that I've listened to the most, because it was on WWF The Music Volume 3, and as I mentioned in earlier episodes, that album, for me, I listened to that non-stop when I first became a wrestling fan. I dubbed my cousin's CD onto cassette, I'd listen to it in the car, wherever I went, had my headphones on, and I had Volume 3 playing. So that, this very first version of You Think You Know Me, this is the one that I just get, you know, I get that feeling. I get the feels, again, I get the feels for it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I close my eyes, and you see Edge, and later Christian. You see them coming through the crowd. I can just, it brings me back to a time that was really formative for me in my wrestling fandom. Very much an interesting sound to it. its I don't know how you felt about this, but I kind of get kind of like a, maybe like a Moby vibe to it. I don't know, maybe, like with the keyboards and the guitar and the drums. Like, it's very much very electronic, very late 90s electronic type of thing. There's very much a drive to it, too. And that's a very much another recurring theme with Edge's themes. There's a drive to all of them. Um, and putting that with something like, you know, you are lost and scared. You know what I allow you to know. You know, it's something like, it's sort of a, a mix between momentum and aggression. It's it's very, there's also mysteriousness to it. It's a very, very interesting song to create. You mentioned that it gave you kind of a Moby vibe. I can totally see that. In terms of the actual riffs themselves, the guitar... I get kind of a Lenny Kravitz vibe. Hmm. I, I I don't know why. I just uh, when I hear this, I just think of Lenny Kravitz for some reason. I don't know, maybe I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm listen. I'm weird. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the drive as well. The the driving kind of aspect to it. I don't know if you noticed this, but on the volume three version of "You Think You Know Me Here," the tempo actually increases right at that first turnaround riff at the yeah which is a, by the way a, just a mean fucking riff i uh, man that oh i love it such a great riff the tempo actually increases at the first time that that kicks in and then it has this kind of yep i noticed that too as well yep the acceleration effect which would stick around for quite a while through all the different kind of versions of this song just some, you know, some cool layers of very cyber-sounding synths. You know, very late 90s, very Moby, like you said. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it, but that's actually a, a, a great little comparison point yes. for this one. And really, just to cap it all off, you have those those vocal samples, like I said. Now, all of these lines sound like something that would have been in, like, a middle schooler's AOL profile. Oh, it, it is such a cliche, these lines. Oh, <laughs> You're just a puppet. Like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you know what I allow you to know. Exactly. You will never know me, man. You don't get it, dad. I mean, uh, listen, who among us has not whipped out one of these lines during an argument? Oh, oh we've all done it. <laughs> we've all done it. It's not completely dark. It's not really dramatic. It doesn't have any of the elements of the Brood's theme that we'll talk about in a little bit. But 
somehow still fits in with this kind of creepy loner character mm-hmm. of Edge. And it sounds very signature. You know, once that You Think You Know Me hits, like I said, you know, you, you know it's Edge, which is exactly why that remained all the way until the end. Exactly. Yeah, you said, you know, it's very much akin to this loner character of Edge. Not completely doom and gloom, you know, but still no no high-scoring guitarist, you know, very much a nothing very too happy about it as well, so it's, it's very uh, apropos for, for this for this version of Edge, definitely. And Christian as well. Yes. Interestingly enough, Edge and Christian, you know, a big prolific tag team, never had a specifically a tag team theme for them. That's true. They always came out to that's Edge's true. theme, which is something that I realized while putting together this show. I was like, you know, that's interesting because we said we're doing a tag team. Really, this is two individuals who have kind of individual themes and just happen to come out to the same song for a period of time. It is true. It's like, because the Dudley Boys, they had the same theme. They didn't have, you know, when they were together, they didn't have split themes. So same with the Hardy Boys, when they were together, you know, at least in the early 2000s, they, they had, you know, the same theme pretty much. So it's really interesting how a tag team, you know, picks one theme over the other in terms of who to come out with. So very, very, very interesting about that, Chris. Now, there are a couple different versions of this. Yes. The volume three version is the main version that everyone knows. But there is an early version that I assume would have been used right as he debuted and shortly after that with a lot of the same elements, but just a little bit more stripped down. Yeah. And it's uh, missing some of the vocal samples. And it actually doesn't have that mean fucking turnaround riff that I mentioned. But I think the version that we have might be clipped, so it might actually be in there. Mm. But uh, kind of a demo version of this one. And then there's also a version on the WWE Anthology that came out in the early 2000s. And this one here is a new mix of the Volume 3 version, but with a few key differences. How do you feel about this one in comparison? It's a fuller sounding production to me. It sounds a bit more, more a bit more weight to it. Uh, I personally, I don't, pref- I don't prefer one or the other, to be honest with you. It doesn't really matter to me which one I pick. Either way, you know, it works for me. I agree with that, that it feels like a fuller production. I would say that mix-wise, this would be the midway point between the Volume 3 version and On the Edge from WF The Music Volume 4. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's the midway point. And there are a few differences here. There are some different synths in the intro, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no tempo change heading into the second verse. It's all just the same straight tempo throughout. And they put an octave harmony on the turnaround riff, which I think makes it sound a little less cool. But yeah, like I said, mix-wise, kind of a midway point between You Think You Know Me from Volume 3 and On The Edge from Volume 4. Well, moving on now to our next theme, another Jim Johnson track. This is from WWF The Music Volume 3. This is for the brood. This is <laughs> blood. It was forbidden by The Undertaker. <laughs> Listen, this song, 
in no uncertain terms, is a banger of a theme. Oh yeah, we listen, we we gushed over this on the first episode. We're gonna do it again, goddammit. We're gonna do it again in, in detail this time, because really, the Brutes theme, it's been said many a time by wrestlers and fans alike that this is one of the greatest themes ever. And I'll be damned if this isn't one of the greatest themes ever, because it is a jam from start to finish. You've got the spooky breathing, that the whispers ran right to the the, the, the the main that evil fucking rip that you got the strings you got the, the menacing guitar you got you know what it is it's a nice mix of the spooky and the funky yeah that's that's what it is I like that it's spunky yes exactly and you when you take all this and you add it with the fire entrance. Yeah. You've got gold, gold, oh, man. gold. That entrance, that you know, that was often the coolest thing on the show, on whatever show it was. Mm-hmm. Or at least the coolest looking, you know. The combination of Edge, Christian, and Gangrel. Gangrel is a trademark of White Wolf Inc., all rights reserved. It was just magnetic. This played a big factor in getting audiences invested in Edge and Christian, really. Yeah. Because... This was just so fucking cool. The entire concept of this stable, they looked cool. The song sounded cool. They looked cool walking down to the ring. They kind of walked with a bop. The Gangrel bop. And you couldn't help but kind of like bop along to the... Man, you could not take your eyes off the screen while the brood was in the ring. Or while the brood was on your screen. And to top it all off, they're giving people blood baths. Like, what, listen, what is not to enjoy? Listen, you got your vampires, you got blood, you got, you got bops. <laughs> It, it's a total package of, of, of wrestling entrances here, you know? If only they came out to, to bop the actual subgenre of jazz. Now, that would mm, listen, yeah. that would be something. Or if they took a page of the uh, Young Bucks book and came out to mbop, you know? Ho-ho! Hey, look at that. Good night, folks. As for the song itself, very much, you know, like I said, a mix of the spooky and the, the funky, especially with the strings. I like, I like that little added piece of the strings with the... Da, 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 da. Very much, you know connecting it in some ways to, you know, evilness and vampires and that kind of stuff. So, very cool to add those elements in there every now and then. Oh, yeah, it's that uh, that vampire culture that Michael Cole liked to talk about all the time Yeah. on commentary. And then King would be like, what do you know about vampire culture? Ah! 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 <laughs> Laying the groundwork for Tozawa. a young Akira Tozawa. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many little elements in this mix that you have to listen to the song really multiple times to be able to pick every one of them out. Because to start with, you got these fucking big, just rough drums, just front and center. You got a deep bass underneath, and you have this just wild guitar with a wah pedal going yeah. on throughout the entire track. Wah. Yep, so great. The dramatic disco strings, like you said. And then, one of my favorite aspects here, you have the little chimes that accent the string hits in the chorus. And then at the turnaround of the chorus, there's a, a just a little sound that goes, Blung! That's always my favorite part of the song. I love that that little part there. And of course, you have that the creepy whispering voice just interspersed throughout. Yeah. I'm not sure if these vocals are reversed or not. It sounds like it may be a mixture of regular vocals and reversed vocals, or at least reversed reverb. But I took the time here to isolate a piece and reverse it. Reversed, it sounds like they're saying... Harry Balls. Well, I never. So... Harry Balls. Seriously, Harry Balls. Yeah, and it, at, at some points it sounds like it's saying my Harry Balls. Uh, 
gain ground. You, you've got some explaining to do here. <laughs> Listen, if this was the WrestleMania Rage Party, then that could have gone on after, uh, what was it, Chocolate Salty Balls? Yeah, yeah, Isaac Hayes, yeah, definitely. That could have been the next song, <laughs> the sequel. Could you imagine? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. We don't... No. Uh, listen, yeah. Jim Johnston, uh, you never know what this guy. You never know what big Jim Johnston's going to throw at you. Yeah, Chris, I think, I think I've think i cracked the code as to why we love the Brood's theme. I think much like Dark Side, Undertaker's theme, it embraces the dark and the spooky that we love and expect with our wacky pro wrestling, but it doesn't do so at the expense of an exciting beat. You've got a momentum to blood. You've got... You've got a, a drive to it. Like we said with the Edge's theme, you've got a drive to it. It's, it's dark and it's spooky, yes, but it's not slow. It's not gloomy. It's not dreary. It's very much a vampire song for the new millennium. You know, this isn't, this is very much like, you know, this would be perfect for the soundtrack to Blade 2, you know? It very much emphasizes the fangin' and bangin' aspect of, of Gangrel and the Brood. Gangrel is a trademark of White Wolf Inc., all rights reserved. <laughs> it was forbidden by the Undertaker. Very much a reflection of this new type of vampire that Blade brought us. This vampires, they're not hanging out in castles. They're not, they're not wearing cowls. They're not turning into bats. They're, you know, they're hanging out they're in parties. They're hanging out in clubs. They're cool. They're hip. They wear sunglasses. They have sex with beautiful women. You know, it's like, this is like the vampire that... People in the late 90s, 2000s, they want to emulate and be part of, you know? They're sexy vampires. And that's what Gangrel is, well, in a way. Well, I don't think, think Gangrel is. Right, you know what, he may not be sexy, but he is a trademark of White Wolf Inc., all rights reserved. <laughs> it's in the end of take for... All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Blood, very much, you know, it's 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 funky, it's it's driving, it's... It's a symbol of the new vampire. It's, it's, it's got a momentum to it. It's so dark and spooky. It's certainly the darkest theme that Edge and Christian would ever have. Uh, although Christian's early themes would take a lot of cues from this song, I would say. So that's something we're going to get to in a little bit. Yes, right now, actually. We will go to Christian's first singles theme. He only used it for a couple months, and it was never actually officially released. But uh, it is a song called Project Gothic. thoughts here on, on Project Gothic, Chris. I don't really have much to say about it, mainly because I could barely hear it, because what, what we have here is like the TV quality of it, the TV rip, because there's no official release of it, but um, still, it's, it's very much a, a dark and spooky one, and in a, sort of a predecessor to his later theme, Blood Brother, with the spooky strings and look at some guitar riffs in there. Uh, what, what, are your, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. This is an early version of Blood Brother. It, it, technically the bridge of what would become Blood Brother, to be exact. He didn't use this very often. It's quite rare, actually, and there are only TV rips or remakes available online, and we didn't want to include a remake here, so we got the TV rip with some center channel extraction to get rid of the vocals a little bit, but yeah, he didn't use this that much. It was never officially released. You know, here's a theme that really should be on the next WWE Uncaged album, I think. That would be interesting to hear. You know, hear it in its full quality, the full experience of it. But no, it's very much in the vein of the Brood's theme, which obviously at the time it fit Christian uh, as a member of the Brood. There's not a whole lot to really say about this, especially because I don't remember the exact 
instances of him using it. So not a whole lot to say about Project Gothic, but the theme that it would turn into, I do have quite a few things to say about. Yes, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, Before we do, though, let's get to our next theme here. This is another Edge theme and Christian. You know, again, again, very much a case of Edge's theme being used as Christian's theme when they were teaming up together. This was released on WWF The Music Volume 4, and uh, this is On The Edge. You think you know me, anyone? You think you think you know me? So a couple interesting things here. Very much an updated version of You Think You Know Me. Same starting thing, You Think You Know Me. Interesting enough, though, the original version, You Think You Know Me, it starts off with that phrase and the music starting simultaneously. That bump, but don't, but you think you know me. This version on the edge, it has that little weird tone that yeah. You think you know me, know me, know me. Nice little little change there. Some added production accoutrements. The guitar takes a bit more precedence here. Uh, notice in the refrain, a little bit more wah wah pedal in this. That um, you know, that kind of sound to it with the guitar. But yeah, this is very much sort of an updated version of You Think You Know Me with some little changes here and there. It's new and improved. It's really like the best possible sequel theme. It's all Mm -hmm. the elements that you love from the original one. Back for another adventure, but this time the stakes are higher. (laughs) And everything just feels upgraded, more together, more advanced. A nice kind of parallel to Edge and Christian at this point as well. Yeah. And this really feels like... Edge and Christian together. This feels like E and C. The first theme, I don't so much envision Christian coming out to that with Edge. This one totally feels like Edge and Christian. Like, this is them as a tag team. This has grown to become my favorite of all of the Edge themes. Just production-wise, and just it just has a groove to it. The groove on this one is very strong, even more so than the version on Volume 3. Mm-hmm. It's got some, some new drums. It has a new kick drum pattern, and there's a subtle change in the kick drum pattern from the previous version, but it makes a big difference in the feel of the song. And like you said, it's got some some funky little guitars with some wah pedals. Yep. You got the mean-ass riff that's still there, the turnaround riff, but it has like some little scratching behind it. I love it. I, I love it so much. I still, I still inexplicably get a Lenny Kravitz vibe, huh. and I don't. I'm not even a big. I'm not here. I'm not, I'm not over here listening to, to Lenny Kravitz discography over here. You know, I know a couple songs. I just get a Lenny Kravitz vibe. I don't know. All right. Uh, it makes me want to fly away. Are you gonna go my way, Chris? Huh? Huh? See what I did there? Get all that Lenny. <sighs> oh boy. All right. Yeah, this is very much like you said, an updated, like like a, a proper update to the theme. Much like how, you know, 2000, the year 2000 was an update of 1999, leaks ahead. This is very much sort of like a a coming together of all the the great things about the prior theme with some added little magic thrown in here. Very much, you know, reflecting on the magic that was Edge and Christian in the year 2000. Interestingly enough, you found, Chris, some quotes from Edge himself from an interview from journeyofafrontman.com from 2013 about how Edge, he didn't like this theme. And I quote, I really didn't like my original theme music. I'm like, I don't want to come to the ring to this. I can't feed off this. I can't relate to it. I need something that I dig, and people will know I dig by the way I enter. So, 
interesting because you would you would never get that sense that Edge didn't like his own music because huh. he always came out. He had kind of like a cool little demeanor, kind of like bopping around. Yeah. I never would have guessed that he didn't like this song. That's got to be real interesting to come to the ring to a song that you don't like and just and you're stuck with it. And at that point in his career, he probably didn't feel like he could speak out on it. I can see where he's coming from in a way because at this point in his career is he's transitioned away from the loner, you know, the, the, the this dark sort of figure in the alleyways. He's very much become more of the, the the blonde dork, you know, of his career with Christian coming out with the kazoos and the the, the costume and the festival and pose. It really doesn't fit, you know, that the, you think you know me, you are lost and scared. You know, match that with, you know, Elvis, fat Elvis suits and then Team Eck with Kurt Angle. It's like, it doesn't really fit. You know, I, I can see where he's coming from here. That's a good point. I always thought that because this is a little bit more groovy and kind of a little bit more funky in a lot of ways than the first one, I always thought that it kind of changed, you know, in parallel to the way Edge and Christian changed. But, you know, the the, the other elements are still there. So I totally get that. Mm-hmm. And with later theme choices, I can totally see where he was going with that and kind of why he wanted to make that shift. But again, he would then continue to change and develop. You know, Edge kind of an underrated guy in terms of how much he reinvents himself. Chris Jericho gets a lot of praise for reinventing himself all the time. The Undertaker, mm-hmm. guys like that. Yeah. Edge, I say, is is right up there with any of them in terms of being able to reinvent himself. Christian as well. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of different, you know, eras of Christian and Edge. Uh, like I said, they could be they could be the goofy silly guys, they can be the vampire guys, they can be super serious, they can be babyface, they can be heel, they can be they can do a lot of things and they did do a lot of things. So it's really cool how the, the the themes as well they change, you know, maybe not genre as much, but in terms of what they represent and what the message they reflect is. So it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, and although Edge did not like this song, it's still you know it's it's my favorite Edge and Christian song. You know, my nostalgia is greater for the Volume Three version, but this is this is my favorite one. This re- really gets me moving and grooving. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. You know, I I actually experimented a little bit i wanted to see what it would be like if you kind of blended in all three versions of you know you think you know me from volume three then the anthology version then on the edge kind of like the beginning middle and end the transition from theme to theme and uh i came up with a little something that sounds a little bit like this see if you can pick out which one is which and kind of when they're all together because when they're all together it sounds fucking massive you think you know me Look at you, Chris, Mr. DJ over here. Listen, it's DJ Captain Chorisma <laughs> on the ones and twos here. I'm pumping out the jams and jamming out the pumps. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of negative without, without kazoo, but uh, listen, you're you're here. You you've got the kazoo in spades. You you're, you're representing both both of us. Yes, so. 
I'm the great kazoo. Hello, dum-dum. <laughs> so yes, uh, moving on now to another Christian theme. This is another Jim Johnson theme, of course, and it is a song released on WWF The Music Volume 4, as well as, you know, On the Edge, of course, was. This is a song called Blood Brother. <laughs> song Chris in terms of composition because it, it goes in so many different directions you've got the, you know, the that wow wow it goes then from there into the main guitar riff you know it goes into this this little weird little keyboard riff thing under it neath it very much akin to dark side with then it switches over to this electronic breakdown it it goes into so many different places that like, I never really expected it to go because I've only heard this song a handful of times like, like a video game or something I never expected it to be you know taken on this on this journey and listening to the whole thing this just has so much for you to sink your teeth into and oh my god I love this song like I I can't contain my enthusiasm for this song I remember first getting volume four and just playing the shit out of this song I love this one so much so you got that main riff right badass riff yep back in the day i had a bunch of friends just idiots (laughs) just idiots who thought that this was the same song as the theme for wwf metal i don't know if you remember that show it was one of the saturday syndicated shows like jacked yeah i know what it was i I never watched it because it wasn't around at the time i was very much more of a velocity heat kind of guy but uh yeah I i never watched metal itself well i had a bunch of friends who thought that this was the same song as metal so just to disprove all of them and anyone else who might have thought that i'll just play the song you can decide for yourself if these are indeed the same song I think of that every time I listen to the song. It, it pisses me off because I enjoy the song so much and I just I think of these idiots who don't have ears. This song is just so cool. You know, there's that really cool sound in the intro that's like, eh, eh, eh. Very unique sound, very much so. I love that sound. Like, I wish I could just, like, take it and harness it and just, like, cuddle with it at night. <laughs> Ugh, I love it. It, it, and then, you know, you got the, the riff going on, and then you got that sweet kind of, like, palm-muted variation of it where it goes, din it, din it, din it, din it, and the notes don't sustain. I, oh, I love that second section. And then the project gothic elements come in, yeah. which really just, like, takes this to a whole new... If it was just the main riff, you know, it would be a cool theme, it'd be a great riff, but then you bring in all these other elements, and, you, you know, you got yep. you got choirs and strings and all these little synthetic uh, yeah. elements, like you said. Listen, I am so, I'm so 100% on board with this. But then, yes, the moment that really seals the deal here for this theme and makes it great, there's a real quiet section about halfway through. And this is one of the most hypnotic and entrancing moments that Jim Johnson ever put down on tape. Thank you. 
my god, is it great. It's like these wide swaths of a paintbrush to, uh, on a keyboard. You know, it's like a... Coupled with, uh, like, the faintest of... Oh, it's so great. Such a spine-tingling, you know? You get that feeling in you, man. It's chilling, man. It's so great. Yeah, it's almost too dark for Christian. Mm. I wish this would have been used by someone who would have used it for a lot longer than he did. Mm. Because I'm not even sure that people even know this song exists. You didn't know this song existed, right? I only knew of it from, uh, I got like an old copy of WWF Smackdown, uh, Just Bring It. But I had never seen it on TV, obviously. So it's very, very much, uh, a new experience for me listening to the whole thing I really do wish that someone could have gotten this and, and used it for a long time because I feel it's one of the most underrated Jim Johnston themes ever just by that fact that you never hear anyone talking about it you don't associate Christian with it necessarily I do I associate the black brood shirt version of Christian. Hmm. That's what I think of when I hear this song. My God, do I love this song. It's my favorite Christian theme by far. I must make note of this. Uh, the, the main little guitar riff that the... I get kind of a reminiscent of... I don't maybe you know, maybe you know this song, maybe you don't, uh, Chris. There's a song by Fleetwood Mac called Oh Well. Uh, it's very much very one of their early songs. There's a part, uh, a part of that song's riff is... I got kind of a vibe. Mm. Same thing with this as well. Also, another song I just realized. Um, you know the song uh, Victim of Changes by Judas Priest? Yes, 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 yes! sort of ending part I get kind of a reminiscent of that as well so oh man what a what a great priest song I'm not familiar with that Fleetwood Mac song although I, I do enjoy some Fleetwood Mac I, I'm willing to bet that if this song is inspired by anything it's probably that mm-hmm. it's that seems more in line with Jim Johnston I'm not sure if he was really a priest guy although you never know with big Jim Johnston I'd really like to know more about his musical influences because he seems like a real interesting guy, real diverse. Yeah. So I, I'd like to know. But hey, either of those or both are very possible. So that's a that's a good call there. So we'll move on now to the time period when Edge and Christian, they split up. They go their separate ways. They each get new solo theme songs. First up, we'll talk about Edge, his new theme song. His first theme by an outside artist by a man named Rob Zombie. It's off of uh, Rob Zombie's 2001 album, The Sinister Urge. The song is called Never Gonna Stop, The Red Red Crewy. You think you know me, think you know me, think you know me. This is a great song, Chris. I love this song. I'm not that big of a zombie fan. I know, like, the hits, both his solo and white zombie stuff, but from what I've heard, especially this, I love it. This song is such a fucking blast to listen to. I say it again, Chris, there's a drive to it. 
Much more so, in my opinion, than On the Edge, because it's a hard rock, harder rock and sound to it, obviously. I see that. I do. I understand that. I'm just not... First of all, I'm not the biggest Rob Zombie fan. There's something about his brand of, like, sexy horror crap <laughs> that just really grosses me out. I, I tend to stay away from Rob Zombie, although I do I do really love uh, Super Beast. Hey, yeah, I'm the one that you that, want. That's yeah. a tune right there. The Super Beast. Man, that's a song. That should have been Rhino's song. Oh, there you go. I always think that I like this song more than I actually do. And then I listen to it, and I'm like, this is stupid. Oh, come on. We need to listen. I, don't, I don't care about, yeah, his Durango. <laughs> what is Durango? Number 90, number 95, Take Me to the Homes. Boots and Ultra. I, I, the lyrics are as confusing as well to me, Chris. I don't even really know what he's saying. Yeah, kind of hate these lyrics. Kind of hate Rob Zombie. Oh. It's not. Listen, it's not a listen. It's not a bad song. It's fine. I'm just like I always think that. Oh yeah, I'm never gonna. Oh no, it's this one. Oh, eh, all right, whatever. His Durango. What does that even mean? I think it's a car. A Dodge Durango. Is this what he's singing about? Yeah, probably. What if it's uh Durango Doug? Do you remember that episode of Doug? I do not. It was so long ago. We can't... Doug tangent, for God's sake. Durango Doug. But yeah, I know people like this song as an edge theme. I know uh, you like this song as an edge theme. So I'm going to let people who like this song talk about this song. All right, I'll talk about the song. Yeah, I like it because, first of all, it's very representative of this new era of edge. Super babyface, fresh off the split from Christian. He, he's feuding with Angle. He's feuding with Eddie Guerrero. He's teaming up with Rey Mysterio. It's, you know, n- this whole thing of him, like, never gonna stop, man, never gonna stop. It's the perfect song to encapsulate this period of Edge. You got the, the, the acoustic guitar underneath the main riffs. You got the, the sexy female vocals, of course. You got the, the kicking the drums. It's, it's such a badass song to me. That's why I, I love it so much. You know, I was very uh, uncomfortable with the word "groovy," and I wasn't sure what it meant. I know what it means. So, uh, oh, you you do know what it means. I have, I have a fun fact for you, Chris. Ready for a fun fact? Face the facts. Red Red Groovy comes from A Clockwork Orange. Uh, there is a fictional language in the book called NADSAT, which is what the main character Alex speaks. And uh, Red Red Groovy means blood. Oh, of course it does. And the music video for this song is one big homage to... Clockwork Orange. Interesting. You know, musically, my favorite part of this song is just the intro, because there's a cool delay when the You Think You Know Me gets panned left and right. It gets the, the delay on that. You think you know me. You think you know me. You think you know me. And it gets panned left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish they would have done that more in the previous themes. I just, I really love that You Think You Know Me sounder in the beginning. It's very, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to praise Rob Zombie here, so... So I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, (laughs) talking about panning delays. (laughs) And like I said, similar, like I mentioned last time, Chris, similar to Yujiro's theme, the sexy female vocals, which, you know, the breathing, the panning, the moaning, the screaming, (laughs) fake, fake, fake. A Rob Zombie staple is, you know, using, you know, clips of movies, old horror movies to put them into his songs. Uh, Do you know who the woman singing Red Red Kruvi is in the chorus? Uh, Red Red Kruvi. Do you, remember, do you know who that is? Lena Horn. Close. It is Sherry Moon Zombie. Ah, damn Rob, Rob's wife. I, this close. I don't know. I, I don't know how close it really is, but you know. That's very close. A, I, 
Give me a horn. Another fun, another, uh, fun fact for you, Chris, and uh, Sherman Zombie singing the uh, the vocals there. Interesting. You got a lot of Rob Zombie fun facts here. I I have too much to count. What if it was Zob Rombie? What about that? Um, I like doing that. You ever do that? Kind of like juxtapose the first initials of the first and let no. Zob Rombie. That's fun. I like I like that. He's Zob Rombie from now on. Miss Crefay? No, don't do that. Don't do, no? don't, okay. do, don't do that. It doesn't work. You know what's a real fun one to do? Moe Jerkery. <laughs> My friend Steve's going to pop huge for that one. There is an alternate version of this song that came out on Forcible Entry. Yes, it is the Black Cat Crossing mix, and we'll hear a little bit of it right now. The Black Cat Crossing mix, or as I like to call it, the Ujiro mix. <laughs> Kitsamura must have been a big fan of Forcible Entry. There is uh, a little bit of a backstory here as to the time period of Edge changing his theme to Never Gonna Stop. That interview that we mentioned with JourneyOfFrontman.com, he talked a lot about the different themes he's had over the years, and he didn't like You Think You Know Me so much that he wa- he went to them, he wanted to change the song he wanted to originally change it to a Black Label Society song, and they produced a sound-alike version of it, but he thought it sounded really cheesy. Rob Zombie had this new album coming out, and he asked them, can we get this? Can we get Never Gonna Stop? And this is before the album came out. They actually they got a hold of four tracks to choose from. So when he came back from his injury, he debuted Never Gonna Stop. It was there for a time, but then they couldn't use it anymore because the copyright ran out. If you didn't live through it, you might not know that Edge used Never Gonna Stop because it's dubbed over on a lot of the DVDs and like on the network. So little interesting fact there. He originally wanted a Black Label Society song. I wonder, I really want to know what song that he wanted to use. I don't know my Black Label Society. Uh, really? I couldn't tell you. I like a little bit of their stuff. I'm not the biggest Black Label Society fan, but yeah, it's uh, Edge really going for the stuff that he listens to, I guess. So, this is the first instance of that. Do you want some more Rob Zombie fun facts, Chris? I've got a couple more. I want I want Zob Rombie fun facts. That's what I want. Uh, did you ever see the movie uh, Grindhouse? I N- know. It was the came out in 2007. It was like a, a double feature where it's like uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. They made two movies in the style of like those old 70s Grindhouse movies, you know, like zombies and uh, thrillers and that kind of stuff. Well, during the movie, between in between the movies... They would do like fake trailers. And one of the trailers Rob Zombie directed called uh, Werewolf Women of the SS. And uh, there is a quick like th- like five second scene in the trailer of these two big Nazis boxing in the snow. Those two Nazis are Test and <laughs> Vladimir Kozlov. Wow. There you go. <laughs> double double E. <laughs> do you want one more? One more fun fact. Oh, listen, more. Let's face some more Zabrambi fun facts. His brother is uh, a guy by the name of Spider One. That's his stage name. He's the lead singer of the band Power Man 5000. I knew that there was some relation. Power Man 5000 did a song called Bombshell, which the Dudley Boys used as their theme song for a little while in 2003. And the band also did a song called When Worlds Collide, which was used in SmackDown vs. Raw. Connections, Chris. Connections abound. Power Man 5000 is like the smash mouth of metal. I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, we'll save the conversation for any day, Chris. How about that? Yes, we all we will. So let's move on now to Christian's first solo theme, post-split with Edge. 
This is a Jim Johnston song. This is found on WWE Anthology. This is At Last. Never Gonna Stop, Christian Had At Last, and boy oh boy is this song fucking spectacular. Yeah, this marked a big shift for Christian, and it starts really with that intro there. That accomplished a lot in terms of really, I guess, getting the audience to see Christian as something unto himself at the time, while also still honoring what he was a part of with E&C, kind of that operatic element, the the Bohemian Rhapsody element to it, which we will discuss Mm -hmm kind of fits in with who he was as a part of Edge and Christian, so it's not like a big, big gimmick change, but it is really him setting out on his own. It's a genius touch because on the one hand, oh, oh, he's so vain and so heelish that he has to have, you know, choir singers sing his own theme, but also, Chris, I don't know if you noticed this, his name is Christian, and he has choir singers singing his theme. Did you know, did you, did you catch that? I don't get it. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't get what you're going for there. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, the, the main version, the people one people probably know the most is the anthology version. Yeah, you got the big the big organs and the chorus. You've got the that hard rock guitar riff. You got the the Italian vocals. Everything comes together. It's so so over the top and so in your face about it, but it is it works because it's Christian, and like this is him, you know, being such an egomaniac that he has all this big production over him, you know, going. You know, going solo, which is, is fantastic. Yeah, it's really those elements of the operatic vocals that kind of make this not just a metal riff. Because this could have so easily been just a, just a random metal riff that you could have given to anyone. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's dressed up with elements that would seem signature to Christian at the time. It would change later on, of course. This didn't have the staying power of what You Think You Know Me was to Edge, what those elements were. But, I mean, at the time, really kind of was like, yeah, all right. Now we're packaging Christian in a way on his own that feels authentic to him. And it feels like something you can do something with. And very recognizable as well. Over the top, as I said, you know, the, the entrance theme, the sparks coming down during his entrance. He's coming out with his arms, you know, you know sort of patting his own chest, you know. But uh, I want to get to the lyrics here. You, you, you didn't. You no, don't. Listen oh, to me. You, they were in the Titantron <laughs> cell, okay? Don't. Oh, they were oh in okay. The, I, just, I just copied the Titantron down, Chris. I'm not. I don't speak Italian, all right? Just back off. I'm picturing you, like, sitting down, writing down Italian lyrics, and then translating them on Google. Like, <laughs> or translating them on Babblefish. Remember Babblefish? I, I don't, I'm afraid. What? Oh, my... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I do. Yes, I do. I remember it. I remember it now. So so what, what are they saying here? All right, these are the lyrics. The storm around me has finally passed, and now my future is in front of me. No longer bound by my brother. The world... The world, the world, the world is mine! <laughs> you know, it's such a, so overdramatic. But listen, I'll give it credit though, because it's the same sentiments as Edge's theme. Never gonna stop me, never gonna stop. But sort of, you know, transplanted as for a heel. You know, it's very much like, I'm on my own now. The future is in front of me. The future is in my hands. You know, I'm gonna be on my own now. I'm gonna conquer the world. So it's kind of cool how those... Two themes sort of mirror each other in terms of the sentiments. 
if on opposite sides. That's a great parallel there. Wow. We should do a podcast about this. I'm busy. <laughs> now, you mentioned earlier the term Bohemian Rhapsody. And uh, that song very much plays into it in a lot of ways with this, with the, you know, the, the vocals and that kind of stuff. But uh, there's actually an early version of this song, the first version, that uh, wasn't really released anywhere. That we'll play a little bit of it here uh, right now. where, you know, the riff very much a takeoff on Bohemian Rhapsody. This was just plain fun. And I remember being very upset at the time when they changed this because that Bohemian Rhapsody, it goes hand in hand with those vocals that you got on this song. It just fits like a glove. It's goofy. It's delightful. It's everything that Christian was while part of Edge and Christian. So I can see why they would change it if they wanted him to be a heel, though, because this was just fucking fun. I mean, <laughs> he was getting big pops every time he came out to this because people just fucking love this. I mean, how could you not? It's great. They should really release this on the Uncaged album because you can't find a clean version of it anywhere. And I think that's a travesty. Just such a great concept for a theme, just a theme based on Bohemian Rhapsody. I feel that somebody would kill with this on the indies or like in NXT. Something like that. Yeah, nowadays it's less sort of less important that you know, oh, he's a heel. He has to have a, a dreary theme. He has, can't, you can't sing along to his theme. But you know, nowadays it's it's very much more like give him a theme. Like you know, Bobby Roode, perfect example. Bobby Roode is, is a heel, but he's got a theme that everyone chants along to. You know, so I guess if this was put put on the uh, on the roster nowadays, you know, I'm sure heel or babyface people will be you know, singing along to it. So. Now, uh, there's actually a third version which would be used on TV uh, a lot more than the original version, the, the Premier Rhapsody version. It is a slower version, and uh, we'll play a little bit right now. Lower, you know what that means. He must be even meaner now. Oh, he's a right old bastard, this old Christian. Even more of a heel. What a oh, what a scoundrel. Oh, what a what a scallywag. He's a liar. He's a scam. <laughs> You're a cheat. <laughs> fire me. I'm already fired. Now there are some differences in this version and the and the anthology version. Obviously, it's slower. There's a, a record scratch at the beginning. It, it, it cuts off the uh, Christian. Christian, and also uh, the, the main version during the guitar riff that da, na, 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 you hear in the background like these little boop boops. In this version, the slow version, they're not there. It's it's a wailing guitar solo instead. Yeah, no no boop boops. No boop boops, unfortunately. That's a technical term, by the way. That's a, we use that in the music biz, by the way. I look I look I looked it up. It's myself. Yeah, boop boops. <laughs> uh, also, in the uh, the last the vocal section, the, the the Italian section, instead of it being one voice, it's uh, it's multiple voices, and they all big big laugh at the end. It's so 
little differences here and there between the main version and the slower down version. You know, this to me sounds like something that would have been on Metallica's Reload album. You could, you could even leave in the operatic vocals because they were experimenting with some weird shit at the time. Mm. They had like weird Irish vocals and like low man's lyric and uh, especially Memory Remains. Yeah. This could have been on Reload. In another world, Chris, in another world. I want to live in that world. <laughs> and where, you know, I want to live in the world where he never stopped using the Bohemian Rhapsody version. That's the world I really want to live in. A boy can dream, Chris. A boy can dream. Uh, a quick aside here the Titantron for Christian during this time period. As a kid, I'll be honest, it kind of freaked me out a little bit with these masked figures, with the comedy drama mask and the, the spinning figure. It, it's kind of freaked me out a little bit. How about, what about you? Yeah, it didn't freak me out, but I can, I can totally see that. I always thought it was just kind of like, you know, in line with the theme and I guess with what he was trying to accomplish. Although I really can't picture Christian going to the opera that much. No. No. He walks in, slaps his, his bare chest, has like the uh, like the monocle or like the, those glasses on a stick. Yep. Oh yeah. He would have his like his sunglasses, the the Shima sunglasses that oh, go yeah. over his head. Yeah. He'd yes. have them on a stick. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> now uh, Christian wouldn't be alone for long after splitting up with Edge. He would actually move on to a stable of right proper baddies, including Test, Lance Storm, and William Regal. This is the Un-American's theme. This song is called We Salute. Oh, those Un-Americans. They're upside down flag. Oh, so bad. I could, I could just see Lance Storm just coming out waving the flag. Yes. I see them all like, like getting into the microphone. America sucks! <laughs> now, this is not a lot to it. In terms of the music, uh, it's very military montage esque. You know, it's very yeah. It's it's a DVD menu. It's you know what it is. It's Medal of Honor Frontline <laughs> menu screen. You know, it's dun 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 with the, the marching band drums and the trumpets. It's actually also used as Lance Storm's theme for a little bit. Yes, in you know, WWE. It f- so, it fit uh, him pretty well. Yeah, it's very serious for a moment. Lance Storm's a very serious man. Uh, any takes on this, Chris? Uh, with we salute. Like I said. DVD menu music. Yeah. It, there, there's there's really not much to this, but when were we ever going to get the chance to talk about the Un-Americans again? We could do a test episode. You know, you never know. You know what? I think. Yeah. Oh, we absolutely are doing a test episode. That's we, very we true. Do a test. This is a test episode. We could do it. Only. player in the. I thought the same thing. Holy shit! You thought of a space too? I thought this like a like like a weeks ago. I like. He sounds a lot, that sounds like a lot like Milton from Office Space. Like, I would put my state to, I was gonna, I was gonna pump him to slam the whole office, you know, the, the burning big boot, my state. People to cake ratio. <laughs> Great minds think alike uh, on this one, Chris. Test. Can't wait. So, yeah, that's, we salute, that's the Un-American's theme. Next year, 2003, he would have another new theme, the song called My Peeps. And that's just what he got for Easter. <laughs> hey yo. This is very much another transition period for Christian, you know, especially in his appearance. He, got, he, he cut his long hair. He started wearing long tights instead of, you know, the, the singlets or the, you know, the mesh shirts. 
So it's it's very much very much a, a transitional theme for him, and uh, as such, generic, not a lot going on with it. Uh, very much akin to this period of Christian, where there wasn't that much going on going on with him. He had a couple IC title reigns here, you know, feeding with Booker T and Van Dam and some such, but nothing really to go along with this theme in terms of excitement. You know, it's very much that dun 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 dun. That's about it, pretty much. It's about as standard as it gets. You know, like you said, there's no special intro. There's no special elements throughout it that would let you know that it's Christian. You know, when someone else can come out to your song and it wouldn't be weird, then that's when you know that it's not really a signature song Mm -hmm. for that person. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the riff. You know, I like that guitar tone. Like, man, that's a great guitar tone. But this could really be anyone's theme. This could have been Sean Stasiak. He could have been coming out to this. Yep. Uh, and and really it was anyone's theme because because Tyson Tomko used this too. He's like the definition of just anyone. <laughs> so if Tyson Tomko can come out to your song and it's not weird, then you know it's it's just kind of a standard type of song. You know, this was originally actually called Tantrum, and then it was later changed to Problem Solver when Tomko was just using it. Yeah. A lot more thought being put into the name of this song than the actual song itself, interestingly enough. It was it was called Tantrum because Christian used to have tantrums in the ring when he lost. And that was the whole impetus of the, the the DDP angle with positively Paige, you know, sort of trying to cheer him up, you know. Oh, that that great, that iconic. I mean, who who could forget? Who could forget the DDP Christian feud? Huh? <laughs> huh? How do you feel about this era of Christian overall? It's very much marked, I think, mainly by the Chris Jericho feud that he had with Trish Stratus and Lita. You know, that whole thing, that old big angle. But uh, this is sort of my introduction to Christian. And as such, I didn't really connect with him in any way. He was a heel. This is obviously af- much much after the uh, the ENC years, which I didn't see. I do feel that there was a big shift when Christian had a backstage segment with The Rock. I guess he was like asking The Rock for advice or something, and The Rock said, "You know, when you walk into a room, you have to own that room." I think that was around the time when Christian just really started to become Captain Charisma. And it was the transition from like the tantrum gimmick, from that type of thing, from just kind of being there, being a guy to being Captain Charisma and being one of the most entertaining parts of the show and kind of getting into the time where he started feuding with Cena and everything like that and just having some really great moments like we mentioned before Tom go give me a beat but very transitional not only in you know musical terms in a musical sense very a transitional theme but a transitional period so in that regard I think it fits as well so uh, while this is going on Edge is injured you know 2003 misses pretty much almost all of it he comes back he starts using uh, you know from, from uh, like spring 2004 to late 2004 he uses on the edge again. But then, in November of 2004, we are gifted with a song by the band Alterbridge, a New Edge theme. It was released on One Day Remains, the first Alterbridge album. And uh, the song is, I guess, really the longest Edge song he had, and also, I guess, the most iconic song that he has at this point. This is Metalingus. You think you know me.
two things. One, you think you know me. It's still there. That touchstone, still there. Two, this song kicks fucking ass. Very much sort of a, uh, another, I guess, transition point for Edge, where he's going from babyface to heel. This is the start of Edge's real main event build-up to being the top heel on Raw, with Money in the Bank, Victory, and the Kane feud, and, and teaming up with Lita. So this is very much him sort of becoming this new version of Edge, and as such, it gets a new theme song. And what a song to just get, because you've got this kick-ass rock song, you've got this great you know, singer with Miles Kennedy, the lead singer of Alter Bridge, belting out a tune, hard rock guitar riffs, the, just the fucking machine gun drums, really just such a, a heavy song for Edge to use, the heaviest of his career, fantastic song. One of the best possible examples of using a commercial song as theme music, because it just plain works. It just works so well for him as both the heel and the face. Yes. Listen, you're lying if you say that you never sang on this day. Yep. You're a liar. You're, you're a, a scam. scam. <laughs> You've done it. Everyone has done it. You know, Edge even said that he'd come back through the curtain and everyone would be singing that. Mm-hmm. It's just so catchy. A great melody, a great vocal, of course, like you said. You know, Alter Bridge is, of course, Creed without Scott Stapp. Yes. Creed, uh, another very important band in the history of this company, unfortunately. Oh, yes. We'll get to them. And we will, we'll yes. We will We will talk about Creed at some point, uh, so prepare yourselves for that. And Scott Stapp solo. Don't forget that. And Scott Stapp drunk playing poker on television. Yeah, with... Uh... With Bobby Bacala on, uh, <laughs> on, Spike, on Spike TV. I'm so glad you know that. <laughs> taking, his, taking his shirt off, doing karate. <laughs> Want to start a podcast just about that every week? It's just oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, I've never really listened to Alter Bridge beyond this song, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume that this is their best work ever because how could you get any better than this? I listened to quite a bit of Alter Bridge. A great band, a lot of great songs. But yeah, like you said, Chris... It works as a heel theme and as a face theme. That's what's so cool about it because of the lyrics. Especially the the opening lyrics, you know, I've been defeated and brought down, dropped to my knees when hope ran out, the time has come to change my ways. That works so well for, you know, babyface edge, sort of turning a corner, becoming more sadistic, more aggressive, more heelish, or heelish edge, sort of seeing the error of his ways, turning back into a babyface. When you have a song like that that can work both ways, you don't have to, you know, slow it down. You don't have to make it faster, depending on the alignment. That's a, you, know, you know you have a great theme there. One of the subtle things that changed about this theme over the years was they did a couple different edits. Yeah. Where in the first version, the first verse of it was, I'll never long for what might have been. But then on version two, it was, I've been defeated and brought down. Right. I really like that shift in rearranging the verses. I really like that that choice of making that edit, especially towards the end of his career. Yeah. You know, he's he's the big baby face, and he's getting towards the end. You know, little did we know, I've been defeated and brought down. I thought that was a, a, a great choice to, to make that edit there. You know, the WWE edit of this song is what really makes it work as a theme. Putting that thrash section from the end of the song right in the beginning there after You Think You Know Me, I mean, that, like, that says it all right there. Because you could not start this song the way it actually starts on the album with the same kind of energy. You just can't. You need that thrash section. It just works. The album version is much more in terms of a build-up to the chorus. Yeah. This is very much like a, a bang, like right at the beginning, 
start with the thrash, go right into the, the chorus. And that chorus, you know, Edge, in in that interview from Journey of a Frontman, he says, you know, he had, like, Japanese fans, German fans, French fans. They would all come up to him singing that song when he would be overseas. And they can't speak English, but they can sing on this day. They can sing that. And, you know, he said it speaks to the power of music and the song and people get it and they connect to it and it gets in their head. So that's why it was really important to him to have music that he really connected with as his theme. So him changing from Never Gonna Stop to Metalingus, that was simply just, you know, the copyright ran out on Never Gonna Stop and he injured his shoulder and he met Mark Tremonti from Alter Bridge backstage on a Metallica show. And Mark played him some songs off of what would become the first Alter Bridge album. And Edge heard Metalingus. He heard a very early version of it that actually had Mark Tremonti on vocals and not Miles Kennedy. But he asked him if he could use that song when he came back, and Mark agreed. So that's kind of the backstory behind that. A very fascinating interview with Edge. It's journeyofafrontman.com if you want to check it out. Uh, it's from 2013. He really kind of gets into a lot of details about music because it is a music-oriented site. So that helped us out tremendously with kind of filling in some of the blanks here. Uh, and that's I like that tidbit there that uh, he talks about fans coming up to him in different countries singing on this day. Because really, I mean, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. That it's It's so... In listening back to this podcast, I feel like I use this word a lot, but it's iconic. Yeah. It's Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. <laughs> This is this is the theme that I think a lot of people nowadays associate with Edge more than its other themes. Even just recently at the Hall of Fame ceremony, you know, Tony Chumma coming out introducing Edge to the crowd, a great moment. They used Metalingus still, and that's that's still his theme. It's been his theme since two thousand four. He's never had any you know changes to anything else. It's it's been that theme. So this is very much like his song. This is the theme that you never change. Once you have this theme. You're good. Now, Christian, it's so funny. Edge and Christian split up in 2001. Both get new themes. November 2004, again, both get new themes at the same time. It's so weird how even though they split up, they still have this weird connection through their themes changing at the same time. While Edge got Metalingus, Christian has a song by a band called Waterproof Blonde. You can find this song on WWE The Music Volume 6, Thematic. The song is called Just Close Your Eyes. Before we get into it, Chris, let me ask you a question. How many male wrestlers do we know that have theme songs sung by female vocalists? That was something I was thinking about before we sat down to record. That It's rare. You know, I was thinking of maybe Shawn Michaels, the version that Sherry sang. Dusty Rhodes is one of them. As far as a main vocal, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. There's there's not many. That's what I love about this song. It's, it's so different than, you know, the normal... I guess sort of the stereotypical male wrestler theme, which is either, you know, male vocals or your heavy riffs, that kind of thing. But, you know, this is such a, a different type of theme. It's it's a, an energetic song in terms of the female vocals coming at the chorus. It's such a cool song to me. I like it a lot. It sounds like something Victoria would have come out to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at the time, it kind of has that vibe. Christian using this, though, really gives him another little element to his character that I find very interesting. And this is a massive, massive improvement 
in terms of having a recognizable theme from the last song. Yes. Because this is catchy as hell. Yeah. The original version of this song that is on thematic, a little bit more, a little more subdued. Yeah. A little, just a little bit different. You you get the verses, the lyrics in the verses, which I, I really enjoy. But the version that he would come out to was just kind of all chorus and a little bit more, a little, a tad faster tempo. Yeah. But any version of this song, I think, is just a great, great song. Yeah, the the, the TV version had the, the little intro that... Into the chorus, the, 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 the album version is very much more of like a regular song. In terms of the lyrics... Is, is very interesting to, be, to look at because it's very much sort of about redemption. It's very much, I think, about sort of an evil person sort of like seeing the light and becoming good. Deceived by my eyes and all I was told I should see. Opinions not mine, the person they, they taught me to be. One night in the dark, a vision of someone I knew, and then in the darkness I saw a voice say, I'm you. Inside me, a light was turned on, then it was alive. So it's very much seeing a new light sort of being awakened into like a new sort of personality type of thing very much more akin to Christian changing from heel to babyface even though that's, that wasn't the case with the, the on-screen persona because he was just a heel throughout this whole theme being used so very interesting yeah now this sounds like a high schooler's AOL profile <laughs> but seriously a great song and I think most people agree that this is the version of this song yes the waterproof blonde version the original this is the definitive one and man thanks Sean O'Hare for this one yes uh, I have a little uh, excerpt here from someone named Mr. Brightside 1009 on R Squared Circle I don't know how trustworthy he is but I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here he says uh, talking about this song Sean O'Hare was apparently good friends with the band Waterproof Blonde and had them record his theme song, which was a song called Come On, uh, which Christian was apparently a fan of. When WWE was looking to push Christian, he got their info from Sean and contacted them about making him a song. They recorded a demo, WWE Music brought them in, they re-recorded the song, and Jim Johnston remixed the song several times, one of the earlier mix- remixes being on the Volume 6 CD. So yeah, Waterproof Blonde was sort of brought in to sort of be under the tutelage of Jim Johnston, and sort of make their song TV-friendly, with the chorus being the main part featured. And really, from listening to the original demo to the finished product, it really kind of shows you the type of polish that a Jim Johnston production has and what he brings to these songs that are even done by outside artists and outside bands. Just putting little touches on, like you said, the strings in the beginning. That stuff wasn't there before, so really t- take, took what was a great song and really made it fit as a theme, put the WWE type of edit to it, which we talked about with Metalingus, how that had a, the WWE edit is what makes that theme a wrestling theme, and this is the same case here. So yeah, love this song, it's catchy as hell, but I'm not telling you anything you didn't already know. Hey there, nice little reference there to uh, a gimmick that, that could have been if uh, Sean O'Hare didn't laugh at house shows. Oh, man. Sean O'Hare. Imagine if Mr. Brightside just made all that up. <laughs> just a real big Sean O'Hare fan just yeah. wanted to, like, yeah, Sean was real good friends with the band. Uh, the spiders, yeah. <laughs> Roddy Piper's underling, yeah. Rock in peace, Sean O'Hare. Yeah, man. So we'll, so we'll say. Rock in peace. So, yeah, uh, Christian would use this theme later on again when he came back to WWE. But before then, he took a little trip down the mighty Mississippi to 
TNA, and he had a theme song done by Dale Oliver. First time there, a song called Takeover. Hey Dale, you uh, you know that Evanescence song? No. Uh, what, what are we talking about, huh? No. Huh? What? Uh. No. <laughs> Get away from me! <laughs> yeah, this song uh, uh released I'm on. I'm calling the uh, police. <laughs> <laughs> this song was released on uh, Third Degree Burns, the uh, the TNA album. And uh, at first, when I first heard it, I thought it was a ripoff of Just Close Your Eyes in a way. Yes. Because if you think about it, it has the same sort of tones. Same sort of synth tones, you know, that kind of thing. But then I did a little research, and uh, it turns out it is a straight-up ripoff of a song called My Last Breath by Evanescence. Real interesting that you say that you thought it was a ripoff of Just Close Your Eyes because you can actually layer the first couple of lines of Just Close Your Eyes over the first few bars of this, of the of the, the main section, and it goes perfectly. So yeah, I, I, I can see that. And I could also just see that Dale Oliver is a massive Evanescence fan and celebrates their entire catalog and just really wanted to really accurately yeah. cover my accurately, last breath. Accurately, very much so. You know, it, it's almost like he got the Pro Tools session and just deleted the vocals. I'm not going to say he did that, but it's listen, it's very close. Uh, I, I mean, I, I put them side by side and you can tell that it is a little bit different, you know, a different guitar tone. Uh, since a little bit more present in the mix mm-hmm. on takeover, different things like that. But man, are they similar? Oh yeah. And, you know, it's not even the fun Evanescence song. It's not even "Wake Me Up Inside." Wake me up. Can't wake up. <laughs> it's not even that one, man. <laughs> WWE used that for something, didn't they? I'm sure that everyone used it. <laughs> Every <laughs> YouTuber used it with a with a with a music video <laughs> with you backyard wrestling music video. <laughs> I can't wake up. <laughs> Say me. <laughs> Call my name and save me from... You'll go crash into the table, you know? <laughs> that's uh, that's our next karaoke song that yeah. that, that we would do after Easy Lover. Now, there are, are three different versions of TakeOver. There's TakeOver Brooklyn. There's... Uh, TakeOver Dallas. TakeOver... <laughs> TakeOver The End. Uh, but yeah, there's there are three versions here. There's uh, there's the instrumental one, the main one which, which we played. There's a remixed version with vocals. Which are very strange. Very strange and very muddled, too. Like, very much a case of what the fuck is he saying? I have no idea what they're saying, but they're strangely soothing in a way. And there's also a third version, which is just a remix version of the instrumental.
so I'll just little little changes to the uh, the opening guitar, the opening drum uh, riffs there. I like the way that 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 V three. I like the way that that one doesn't actually use the main section. It just takes that B section there and uses that as the main section. Just that. Da-na, da-na, da-na. I like the way it does that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there it's slightly less of an Evanescence ripoff there. Yeah. Change it up there. I actually prefer that version to the original one. Although I, I do I do like this song. Yeah. Well, the original one has the ending, which is uh, Christian, you know, saying, Because that's Which was his catchphrase in TNA. I was a big fan of Christian Cage and TNA. As I, was I. As was I. I was very happy for him when he got that big push. In yeah. TNA, when the NWA title with Jarrett. I was very, very happy for him that he got his moment, finally. I remember going to a TNA house show in Westbury, New York, and it was Christian Cage versus AJ Styles in the main event, I'm pretty sure. Ooh. That, man, that was a lot of fun. TNA house shows used to rule. Like, they, they were so much more fun than WWE house shows when they would come around. And I also got to meet Kurt Angle at that, uh, at that show. Hey, that's cool. So that was cool, yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of great memories of, of Christian Cage, the Christian Coalition, and Team Cage. Yep. And, of course, he had to bring along his buddy Tomko, because, I mean, oh yeah, what would the world be without Tyson Tomko? What would the world be without IWGP Tag Team <laughs> Champion for 343 days, wow, man. Tyson Tomko, with Giant Bernard as his partner? So Lord Tensai. Sky don't know. Got the guy. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> One more thing, Chris. Uh, were you uh, were you a kid who had a, a huge crush on Amy Lee <laughs> by any chance from Evanescence? Were you that kid? Lord Lord knows I. <laughs> All right, Lord knows I was. I'm just going to put maybe, that maybe out there. Maybe Dale. <laughs> maybe Dale had a, a big crush on Amy Lee. Maybe he maybe just wanted so. to be noticed. Yes. Amy, I'm using your song. <laughs> I love you. You know, if you take two CM Punk girlfriends and mash them together, you get Amy Lee. Bum bum. The ultimate fill ride. Oh, hello. <laughs> So after being in TNA for a few years, Christian uh, would come back uh, to WWE thanks to uh, Todd Grisham, his big return to ECW, WWE. It's, it's Christian. It's Christian. His big fucking comeback. And the <laughs> best that Todd Grisham can do is, it's Christian. At the, uh, Todd, at least put a little, put some oomph like you did with Kane in the, in the draft, you know? Kane! <laughs> That man, come on! It's Christian for fuck's sake. He's back. He's back. For God, ah! It's Christian. He would use "Just Close Your Eyes" again, except this time it's a cover version by a band called Story of the Year. Now I'll say this though, because Christian came back as a babyface. The lyrics actually make sense now. I'll give it that. As for the music itself, not my cup of tea in comparison to the original. Oh no, 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 no. This is uh, this was a case of hey, you know, let's let's take that awesome theme and let's make it not awesome anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not even bad. It's just bland. This is not nearly the same ball game as the waterproof blonde version is. It feels like one of those cheap Spotify uh, albums, wrestling hits, <laughs> that you find all the bad covers of, of the wrestling songs. This is what this seems like to me. 
yeah, this is very much a different type of hairy ball game. Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> than the original. Hey, now, I got, them, I got them too. I got some zingers too, man. Much more guitar-oriented than the original. Taking out the synths, putting the guitar as emphasis. Uh, but yeah, very much not as, as, as soul-grabbing to me as the original. You get goosebumps when you hear that waterproof blonde version, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, holy Definitely. shit, what is this? Especially the first couple times you, you hear him come out to that. But this one, it, it's just whiny, emotional boy rock. This was released, by the way, on the album WWE The Music, Volume 10, A New Day. It's a new day! Yes, it is! This is our analysis of uh, Story of the Year. Because Story of the Year sucks! Story of the year sucks. <laughs> they should have just used a kazoo for this version. Yes, exactly. Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. Just close. I'm really, I'm really good at kazoo. I don't know. Listen, I'm like the Kenny G of kazoo. This will be your your new career. Yeah. You'll be the Duke Silver of kazoos. <laughs> Kevin Steen's a zoo enthusiast. I'm a kazoo, kazoo enthusiast. enthusiast yeah. So get it right. I'm changing my Twitter profile right now. <laughs> One more theme for Christian, and it's actually a theme he never used. It is another cover of Just Close Your Eyes. It was released on WWE Hall of Fame 2012, The Music. And it is a version of Just Close Your Eyes by a band called Bedlam's Gate. Go! Nope. No, no. Nope. Nope, no. nope, nope. No, no, no. Nope. No. Stop. Stop this, please. Stop. Stop. Stop! No. That's that's literally all I wrote in my notes. No. I wrote no. In the spirit of Tomko. <laughs> Here's what I have to say. Bedlam's Gate is the Sternest Dust Gamma to the Hell's Gate's Sternest Dust Alpha. <laughs> It's like the Undertaker's long-forgotten well, like submission that he never well, used. Well, now, hold on a minute, player, because I believe that Bedlam's Gate the, has been banned from this podcast. The, the Bedlam's Gate submission move has been banned from the podcast. <laughs> no more Bedlam's Gate. Nope. I have to strip you of the podcast. <laughs> uh, Mr. Brightside, 1009 again, uh, says that the Bedlam's Gate version was recorded when they are originally going to bring him in as a heel, Christian. Apparently during the whole Jeff Hardy pyro angle. Pyro angle. Was that when they burned Jeff Hardy's house down? Don't you remember when Jeff made that entrance and got all caught up in the pyro? And they oh, treated, yeah. They, like, they treated That's it like right. a shoot and like he actually got burned? Yeah. So they want Christian to be responsible for that. That's interesting. Very interesting. Because he debut, re-debuted at the same time as Matt Hardy turning heel on Jeff Hardy. You know, having Edge beat Jeff Hardy at the Rumble not night. 2009 in that match because that was the whole Matt Jeff WrestleMania 25 match impetus what about my dog what about my dog Jeff what about my dog (laughs) I love that (laughs) I often say that to people and they have no idea what I'm saying (laughs) so yeah Bedlam's Gate bye bye never want to talk about them ever again banned from the podcast banned from the podcast hold on I'm gonna play it banned from the podcast alright so Chris those were our Edge and Christian themes. As always, we will go now to our friends and neighbors on Twitter, at Music of the Mat. We put up a little uh, little question there. What are some of your favorite Edge and Christian themes? 
Chris, uh, do the honors, as always. Read off some of our answers, shall we? Garrett Kidney, our very own Impact Wrestling correspondent, he says, Music note emoji at last year on your own. Music note emoji. Good choice there. Sober World of Sports writes, The female vocals version of Just Close Your Eyes from around 04 to 05 is the shit. We got that right. We're always uh, very much in line with our takes with the Sober World of Sports guys. Jacob says, Metalingus for Edge and the Waterproof Blondes version of Just Close Your Eyes for Christian. Yeah, see, no real radical takes here. No one's trying to come through with Story of the Year or anything like that. Yeah. At Earth to Leon says, Obviously the Brood theme as a team. At last for Christian and Metalingus for Edge. And one more here. Nikki the Fox says, The third Edge slash ENC theme. Christian at last, the first version, because of that Van Halen-esque riff, although we know that it was uh, a Queen-esque riff, and Edge never going to stop, which he says fit him really well at the time, because of what Heyman referred to him as the Sting of SmackDown 2002. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. As always, thank you so much for listening to us. We really appreciate it so much. Actually, we just hit, I just checked a little while ago, we just hit 30,000 listens so thank you for me and Chris. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. I'm actually frightened at the idea that that we've had 30,000 listens and that that many people are actually listening to this show. And this will therefore be our last episode <laughs> yes. because I am I am very afraid. No, seriously. So cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, every one of you, for listening. We put a lot of love into this show. We love doing it. We're passionate about it. And we are so glad that we have found our people who are also passionate about wrestling themes as well. So thank you from the bottom. Why is it from the bottom of your heart? Shouldn't it be from the top of your heart? All over our hearts, really. I think All over our hearts. Thank you from all over our hearts, from, from me and Chris. Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Check out all the podcasts, all the articles, reviews, previews. Voicesofwrestling.com. Twitter, at Music of the Mat. Email, musicofthemat at gmail.com. Check out the Voices of Wrestling forums as well. You do so at voicesofwrestling.com slash forums. Some great little discussion topics there. Also, our YouTube playlists, Music of the Mat podcast on YouTube. Chris collects all the themes for each episode, puts them in a nice little YouTube playlist for you to check out. So check that out. Now, now hold on a minute, player. <laughs> Bedlam's Gate has been banned, banned from YouTube. the YouTube playlist. <laughs> Voicesofwrestling.com slash iTunes. Give us a nice review and uh, rating there. Episode 8, Chris. I know we're both still a little tired, still a little jet-lagged from going to Japan and back with our New Japan Greatest Music 5 episode. But Japan calls us once again. We are going back across to the Land of the Rising Sun. We're talking about a different promotion this time. We're talking about Dragon Gate. That's right. We're doing another tour, but this time we're going to Kobe talk about my favorite promotion and really my favorite promotion from a theme perspective as well and in doing this we would be remiss if we did not bring in one of the internet's leading dragon gate experts voices of wrestling's own john carroll very very excited to have john on the show and very very excited to dig into some dragon gate themes i'll be in all my glory i mean i don't know it might just be an entire episode of me going, oh, I love this song so much. And then the thing, and the blah, 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 blah. it'll be very noteworthy too, because I, I know Dragon Gate. I know the wrestlers. I've seen some matches, but I don't follow it 
as closely as New Japan, so I'm not awarely aware of the Dragon Gate themes. So it will definitely be you and John leading me through this this virgin territory of Dragon Gate themes. So it'll be very interesting how I look at it from a, a, a rookie perspective. Oh, for sure. And you will be kind of like a lot of the audience who probably isn't that familiar with Dragon Gate or Dragon Gate themes. But honestly, take my word for it. You know my taste by now. You know that I really have a high standard for theme music. Trust me when I say that Dragon Gate is the best company when it comes to entrance music. In-house entrance music. They're the best company doing it today, and I firmly believe that. So if you're not into Dragon Gate, it's not your thing, or if you've just never been exposed to it and you've never heard these themes, believe me. Whatever John decides that we're going to be listening to and, and analyzing and breaking down, I guarantee you it's going to be quality. Episode 8, Dragon Gate Themes with John Carroll. Check it out next time. Chris, let's end this bad boy right with a little more kazoo. <laughs> You think you know me. You think you know me. It's my time. It's my time. It's my... Get out. Get out. God, get out. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. It's Christian. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.